It's time for this week's Fighting Illini Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential Show here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Tonight's in-depth look at area high school basketball is powered by the Army ROTC at the University of Illinois, developing its students the skills they need to lead themselves and others to success. Now, here are your hosts, Colin Likas and Jim Rosso. Oh, welcome in, and, and to Colin Likas, welcome back. Thanks, our, Jim. Our preps editor survived his week in the mountains and is back to uh, spread his knowledge on all things high school basketball. And he's not on crutches. <laughs> <laughs> that we know. That's great. I'm not on crutches, confirmed. I'm just trying to, to get this new mask. I have to stop running into the, <laughs> all right. into the microphone. That's my biggest issue. Well, right? a lot of high schools today are uh, have kids and teachers not wearing masks. That's right. uh, follow along at newsgazette.com what most superintendents and administrators and students even are saying are confusing. Yes. You just don't know. Some school districts uh, went optional. Others stayed with the... Uh, uh, the status quo, and we're going to have uh, what we're going to have to see what impact that has on the IHSA postseason. The board of directors came out about an hour ago and said they're they're monitoring the situation for the regular season. It's still up to the host schools of each event what's going on, but you know for the postseason, talked about last week how uh, they're not going to require uh, all the follow all the rules at least mm-hmm. at State Farm Center, uh, all those those pre pre described rules they have over there for for like state basketball and state wrestling once it's over there. Uh, now, maybe maybe we get to a point where there are no masks or optional masks yes. or what have you at State Farm. Let's go. That's Colin Likas, preps editor at the News Gazette. I'm Jim Rosso, vice president of news. Dave Leak producing this uh, show. We'll be here for an hour before we turn it over to Brad Underwood, who will talk uh, Purdue. This is the last show, Colin, before the playoffs start. That's right, girls basketball playoffs. Regional quarterfinals start on Saturday for all four classes. New format with the uh, – New format for state, of course, with all the state games being played on the same weekend now moving forward for both girls and boys. So, yeah, we get started with quite a few local girls games on Saturday afternoon, maybe even some in the morning, too. All right. Hope you had a chance to read about Mike Kuhn, speaking of the state uh, basketball. He was uh, featured in uh, Dave Hinton's name-dropping column over the weekend. Big Monticello guy, right, pulling up for the Sages, the, the best uh, area boys team. That's right. All right. And, uh, you know, another team that's in the same conference as Monticello is St. Thomas Moore, the Illini Prairie Conference, a vaunted conference, especially in boys basketball this year. Really good in girls, too. But for our purposes, really good in boys basketball this year. And we're going to talk now with two members of that St. Thomas Moore boys basketball program, Patrick Hornstrom and Dawson McGreeny, who have helped the Sabres to a 16-9 and record. They're going to be hosting Paxton Buckley Loda tomorrow night in a conference game. Boys, thanks so much for being part of our show tonight. Yep, thank you. And, uh, Patrick, I think I'll levy the first question to you. It seems like this team is getting hot at the right time, currently on a five-game win streak going into that game against Paxton. I know you got a tough regular season schedule to close out, but how are you guys feeling about the direction things are going right now? Um, sorry, my voice has kind of gone, so it's <laughs> going to be a little raspy. No problem. Uh, um, Coach Martin, just all year, has been talking about, uh, you know, like, the ups and downs of the season and when to start winning and playing as a team. And just the fact that it's happening right now is just perfect for, for us in this conference and in the postseason. And Dawson, just uh, looking at the uh, the Illini Prairie, uh, it's such a tough conference as I just said, and you guys are getting some footing now sitting at 4-3 and three in league play. How much do you feel what you guys have been able to do in the Illini Prairie Conference is getting this team ready for what you guys are going to see come postseason time? 
Yeah, our conference is really, really stacked, and I think the games are helping us prepare to win at the right time, and it's good for all of our guys to face these good teams because it's bringing us together more as a team, and I think we're learning that one when one guy's not hot, the next guy steps up, and it's helping us a lot. Now, Patrick, uh, you are one of the many seniors on this team, uh, along with Dawson, and uh, just take me through, from your perspective, how important it has been to have a, a fairly normal basketball season as a senior, especially considering what you saw the seniors of last school year go through, where they didn't get a postseason, they didn't get a full slate of games, and things like that. Uh, for me personally, it just it means the world um, to be able to just go out on the court. Uh, with the people you've been with the last four years. And, I mean, it's been tough for us with with having three different coaches in four years, but the fact that we found a really good coach for our last year has been uh, it's been awesome for us. Yeah, Dawson, uh, talking about that new coach, Brandon Martin, in his first year with the Sabres, uh, take us through what he has done to really uh, get this program uh, moving in a good direction. I know you guys were doing just fine before Coach Martin came along, but what has he provided, what has he brought to the table that's allowed the Sabres to keep moving in a positive direction? Yeah, you know, before the season started with the previous coaches, we didn't really have a culture set, and I think that's one of the main keys. The key thing that he set is, we have a phrase that together we win and every day we try to build each other up and even the younger guys to come in and build that culture so we can keep passing it down. And he's done a really good job of, of setting that. And I think he knows how to talk and bond with us. And it's, it's something really special. Talking with Patrick Kornstrom and Dawson McGreeny, two members of the St. Thomas Moore boys basketball program. Uh, Patrick, as far as big wins go for you guys, I know you started the season five and zero, winning the Schlarman Topper Classic. Uh, dealt with a little bit of a skid after that, then had some COVID issues, but uh, so plenty of big wins ever since then. Is there one game that you guys highlight, especially you look back to and think, "All right, this is when we we realized we started to get things get things clicking the way we really wanted them to." I think a game for us that uh, that was big was Bloomington Central Catholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just have a great program, and all the past three years, we've never beat them. So for us, I feel like it was a statement win. And even though this is kind of a down year, they're still a very good team. And maybe also Leroy, which uh, mm-hmm. is a 1A team that gets votes uh, to be like a top 10 team. So beating them, I feel like, was good for, for us in our postseason, and it was just just a good statement win. Now, uh, Dawson, looking at St. Thomas More Athletics as a whole, I mean, just thinking back to the fall season, you guys had a really solid football campaign over an eight-man. The volleyball team obviously won a state championship. Boys soccer team won a ton of games. Your girls' tennis team was really strong. Uh, Just how much does seeing all of that success and even being part of it, uh, in your case, uh, how much does that help you guys on the basketball court and and just make you guys want to push even harder to make sure you're you're furthering that St. Thomas More brand, I guess? Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of positives that come along with a small school. You know, everyone's really close. We all bond together. And at all the games, everyone comes in support. So I think our Sabre pack, our, our students, our, our families are all close, and they all really come and cheer us on. So I think that helps us in the program. I think that we just – we inspire one another and we just go out there and try our best. 
Now, Patrick, looking forward, uh, like I said, you guys host Paxton Buckley Loda tomorrow night. Then you're at Monticello. Then you're hosting a, a surging Pontiac team. It's a pretty tough three-game stretch to close the regular season. How important do you guys consider, Patrick, these uh, these last three games, uh, just as far as preparing you and getting you guys ready for the postseason as well? Uh, these last three games, um, they're huge for us. Uh, I mean, Monticello is a great team. PBL is great, too. Uh, same with Pontiac. They're just a bunch of good teams, and I feel like if we if we got some wins in this last week, it would be huge for us for just postseason momentum and also conference too. I think it would help our case to get some statement wins to to finish like a higher in conference. And Dawson, then looking even further beyond that to the postseason, obviously we're going to find out what seed you guys get later this week, find out where you guys are going to be going for the regional. What are the expectations for this group of guys come postseason time? What do you guys feel you're capable of accomplishing once we get to the playoffs? You know, right now we're just focusing on next game, and we're taking it one step at a time. But we all believe in each other, and we're all there to to try and go out and win, and that's what we're going to focus on. And hopefully come out there and win a regional and see what we can do in the in the postseason. It's a good mentality to have. It usually usually serves you pretty well from what I've uh, from what I've seen over the years, but Patrick Kornstrom, Dawson McGreeny, St. Thomas More Boys basketball players, two seniors who you can catch on the floor Tuesday against Paxton Buckley Loda over on North Mattis Avenue. Guys, thanks again for being part of the show and good luck here the rest of the season. Thank you for Thank having, you having us. Really appreciate Patrick battling through the uh Battling through the, uh, the the sore throat there. I wonder if he was cheering too hard for the Illinois men's basketball team. That's that's certainly a possibility, I would think. And uh, Illinois going to try and give us plenty more reasons to cheer tomorrow against Purdue and what should be an absolute uh, absolute classic, classic of a game considering what happened last time they played each other. But we are here to talk about high school basketball, and when we come back from our next break, we're going to keep doing that. We are going to catch up with Watsika girls basketball coach Barry Bauer and unveil our latest girls basketball top ten rankings. This week's Fighting Illini Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. 614, Jim Rosso, Colin Likas, Dave Leak. Big basketball week, of course. Not only the playoffs starting for the girls over the weekend, but uh, Coleman Caradine Jim getting mm-hmm. its official name on uh, Tuesday night at Central Centennial. Colin Likas will be there. Yeah. Anthony Zillis will be there taking pictures. Say hi to both of them if you could. Man, that was uh, that was a lot of fun to talk to some folks who uh, who knew Coleman Caradine as players. Talked with Anthony Figueroa, who's the uh, Parkland men's basketball coach. Talked with Scott Nagy, who's the Wright State men's basketball coach. Talked with Roger McClendon, who's the All-American who used to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked with Tim Lavin, of course, who is the man who almost directly succeeded Coleman Caradine. There was a one-year gap in between their their tenures but kind of amazing when you think about Coleman Caradine led that team from the late 70s all the way through 2000 and Tim Lavins led it from 2001 to the present it's uh, a lot of longevity in uh, high school sports world where coaches usually don't stay around quite that long at Watsika tonight I know you're about to go all warrior on me Mm -hmm. but uh, they have a veterans night they do they had a chili supper it's probably going on right now still actually uh, but yeah, Veterans Night, they're raising money for wreaths. Wreaths. That's a hard word to say for me, apparently. Wreaths. The thing you put on your door during Christmas for America. Uh, yeah, raising money for veterans and their game against Cisna Park tonight. Great cause. Uh, obviously, great to support the troops any time of the year. So uh, good on Watsika for doing that. 
And uh, good on Watsika girls basketball coach Barry Bauer, also the athletic director, also the softball coach, probably also drives a few buses uh, for talking with me earlier today. Coach Bauer caught up with me about his team, which is uh, looking pretty good. They have 20 wins on the season and looking for another one tonight against Cisna Park. Let's take a listen. Glad to be joined now on the U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential Show by Barry Bauer, coach of the Watsika girls basketball team, currently sitting at 20-4 and four on the season, leading into a matchup with Cisna Park tonight. Barry, thanks for being part of the show this evening. Thank you, Colin. And uh, as as we've come to expect, your team is looking good so far this season at, at reaching the 20-win plateau on Saturday with a win over Hoopston area. Uh, I mean, has this team kind of met or even exceeded your expectations? What, what were you really thinking about this group of kids coming into the season as far as what they could accomplish? Well, I think I think we've kind of, over the last few years, kind of set expectations pretty high every year. Um, there was a few concerns coming into this season about uh, lack of scoring that was returning, and we really have not had anyone really stand out consistently on the scoring end, but um, we've had different people step up at different times and, and really uh, fill some voids for us on the offensive end. But this team kind of stands out to me. Um, we're really solid defensively. Night in and night out, we've played some great defense, and we've kept the scores down in the 30s, and that's helped us a little bit uh, uh, with some of the problems we've had on the offensive end. And just looking at this team, I mean, it's chock full of uh, chock full of seniors and juniors. Uh, but specifically focusing on the seniors, especially knowing there were also seniors on last season's team, of course. How important is it to this group with the success you're having just to be able to compete in the postseason this year? Just to have something that you guys are working toward this year? Yeah, you know, we've we've talked about it uh, all season, but I can just start sensing it now with the postseason pairings coming out that. Uh, they're really excited about it, especially, like you said, after missing last year's postseason. I, I think they're looking forward to it. I hope we're not looking too far ahead because we still got some tough games this week. But uh, you can tell that with the with the girls uh, that they're really looking forward to some postseason action. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about your guys' postseason path uh, a little bit later on in this uh, in this chat. But just uh, looking at this season as a whole to this point, guys started off on an eight zero run. Another big win streak in the middle of the season that got you guys to 16 and two. Uh, being in the Vermilion Valley Conference obviously is a big part of this season. You guys have won nine or ten games against BBC teams, at least in BBC play this season. What has that challenge been like for you guys making that adjustment to this new league? Uh, it's been a little bit of adjustment. There's some teams uh, in the BBC that we weren't very familiar with, but on the most part, those were teams that we had on our schedule anyway. Um, or we either that or we saw them in a in a preseason tournament or something like that. So we were pretty familiar with most of them, uh, other than a couple of them. So it was an exciting move for us, and um, you know it's different. Uh, we played a lot more conference games than we did in the SBC. Uh, you know, in the SBC you played everybody twice, plus you had a tournament. Um, so th- this is a little bit of an adjustment, but uh, I, I think we've enjoyed it. And just looking at your guys' schedule, uh, there's been some cancellations. Obviously, there was a weather postponement against Hoopston recently, but you guys haven't had large swaths of games canceled. You haven't, you've had a game here or there that you've had to cancel uh, for whatever reason, but you've been able to keep the kids on the court pretty consistently for the most part when a lot of other teams this season can't exactly say the same thing. How important has that been to what you guys have been able to accomplish? Oh, I think it's been huge. I mean, we, we have been pretty fortunate. Uh, uh, I think 
of the games that we've lost, there's only been one, maybe two that we've not been able to reschedule. But, um, you know, we're a class 1A school. We're a small school. We had 26 girls out uh, for, for basketball this year. Um, so, you know, we've had our ups and downs as far as missing girls. We've had up to, well, even this past week we had we were missing seven, but we've always been able to uh, uh, to, to pencil in some girls in some different spots and, and compete. So uh, the strength in the numbers uh, has helped us a lot in, in keeping games scheduled. Talking with Watsika girls basketball coach Barry Bauer and uh, wanted to highlight some of your athletes as well. Uh, I know in, in recent years, uh, over at Watsika, Natalie Schroeder was kind of the do-it-all athlete for Watsika Girls Athletics. And I'm starting to feel now like Sydney McTaggart's kind of taken over that role. She came off a great volleyball season as a senior, and now she's contributing very significantly to what you guys have done on the basketball court. Yeah, she is. She's a three-sport athlete. We're expecting big things this spring out of her for softball, too. Um, but, yeah, she's really stepped up. She's probably one of the better defensive players that, that I've coached. Um, she's a very smart on the defensive end to go along with her athletic talent and she's had some big offensive games and, um, she's just kind of the person that you kind of know going into the game, what you're going to get. Uh, she's, she started a lot of varsity games before this year. So we were kind of looking, uh, for leadership out of her and, and Allie Hoy, Allie Hoy has also started a lot of varsity games before this year. And those two have been very consistent for us. Yeah, I was going to talk about Allie as well. Just uh, It seems like even if you guys are playing in a game where it's a lower scoring game or just a difficult offensive night, it seems like she's always the one you can rely upon to reach double digits or at least lead the team in scoring. What's been the key to her kind of pacing this offense? Well, she, she's our point guard, so she runs a lot of things out on the court. She's a very smart player, and I think she gets that probably from the experience that she's had the last couple of years playing varsity. Uh, sometimes, and, and you can put Sydney in this this mix too. That sometimes I think they're a little bit unselfish. This this team is uh, probably one of the best teams that I've had as far as uh, team chemistry. They really get along well, and I, I think sometimes those two I got to remind a little bit that they they got to take a little bit more burden on the offensive end. Um, but they're both they both been very good for us this year. And you've got plenty of good guard play, but uh, I think what's interesting about this team is there's a good mix of guard and forward play with this group. You've got a six-foot senior in Jackie Lynch. Uh, you've got uh, Addie Edwards, who plays down low at 5'7", Elena Newell at 5'10", playing forward, Becca Benoit at 5'9", playing forward. This mix, I'm guessing, especially in Class 1A, it's something that really separates you guys from a lot of your opponents. It, it's really nice as a coach because the flexibility is there to do a lot of different things. Um, we can throw a, a bunch of different looks at them defensively. And again, like I said, this team, I think they enjoy playing defense. So we can throw a lot of different looks on both ends with our versatility and our size. And we even got some, uh, we got two six foot uh, freshmen that really wreck some havoc in, in practice sometimes that we're looking forward to next year um, throwing into the mix too. So, um, you're right. I, I think our depth is is one thing that I point at is probably a big reason for our success this year. And along those lines, if this team's going to make an extended postseason run, obviously you're relying on those girls who are typically starters and, and typically making an impact. Any one or two athletes, though, that you really point at and think, yeah, during a, a regional or a sectional or super sectional state game, we might need to turn to them and they could you could see them stepping up? Yeah, there's a couple. You know, Claire Curry, she's a senior this year, too, and she was kind of someone that I knew was going to play a lot this year. I thought she would be more of a role player, 
and she's been so consistent on both ends that she's probably played a lot more minutes than than she imagined or I imagined. Uh, uh, but again, a senior senior that's got some experience, I, I think she could be a bright star here in the postseason. And then we got a sophomore, uh, a point guard wing, Haven Meyer, that's really started to score here lately, and she's getting more minutes as the season rolls along. That I think maybe she can do some things for us in the postseason. And just looking ahead here, obviously Cessna Park tonight. Uh, Milford's still on the schedule. That should be a tough game. You face a much bigger school in Danville before the regular season ends as well. And then you got the one seed in the postseason. Only one of four local girls teams to get a one seed. You get to host a regional. Uh, just how well do you think this is set up for this team to potentially at least win a regional title and see what goes from, goes on from there? Well, I'll tell you in a couple of weeks how it sets up. I think it's I think it's setting up nice for us. You know, we had a stretch there in the middle of the season where we had some non-competitive games, uh, a stretch of blowouts. And as a coach, you're always concerned about that. But I like us going in here. We just beat a good Houston team. Uh, of course, we lost to Salt Fork, but that was a real good game for us last week. Uh, and then, like you said, the games this week should all be competitive, and it, that rolls into the into the tournament. And it's it's nice to host. I mean, this is the first year we've been 1A, so it's it's a little different uh, uh, look for us, but uh, we're excited about it. Barry Bauer, Watsika girls basketball coach. You can catch his team tonight against Cisna Park, also later this week against Milford and Danville, as we said before. Barry, thanks again for being part of the show, and good luck the rest of the season. Appreciate it, Colin. Thank you. Barry's been there for a long time. I like those coaches and ADs who stick around, Colin. Yeah, it's, uh, it's easy to do in a small school. You uh, get comfortable in the place you are, and people people treat you well. You treat people well. You like what people stand for, and you end up staying there a long time. And I cannot begrudge Barry Bauer for not wanting to leave Watsika because they do things right up there, that's for sure. Watsika is kind of the fringe of our coverage area, mm-hmm. but we do hit the Warriors hard. We go west to Argento. We mm-hmm. go over to Danville. We go south to Arthur. So it's a it's a wide swath that uh, you work with. Yeah, Colin. and Watsika, you know, like when we have our faces photo shoots, we'll be having our faces mm. in the spring one coming up soon. They, they send out the brigade every, right. every year. Them, Iroquois West up in Gilman nearby it's uh it's easy to get them to send all their athletes well a sad truth colin is uh newspaper coverage of high school sports isn't what it used to be Mm -hmm. in most places not here certainly colin you go (laughs) overboard and we love it and we support it and we pour our resources into it but other places not so much it's true it's an unfortunate reality but we'll keep doing what we can do and uh hope you all appreciate it and uh, speaking of things you'll appreciate, or maybe not, based on uh, if your team's not mentioned, our girls' basketball top 10 rankings. Let's go ahead and just dive into it before our next break. Uh, number 10 this week, we got the Ridgeview Mustangs, who are sitting at 18-8 and eight on the season, having another good year under Scott Gear over there. Our number 9 team this week, the Prairie Central Hawks, is 20-7. and seven. They defeated Bloomington Central Catholic in overtime to get their latest win. Our number eight team this week is the Watsika Warriors. Just heard from their coach. They're twenty and four. Going to try and make it twenty-one when they beat Cisna Park or they meet Cisna Park. I don't want to assume they're going to beat Cisna Park because Cisna Park's got a got a good team in its own right. Uh, number seven team this week is the St. Joseph Ogden Spartans. St. Joe, as always, a solid team under Coach Drew Ortega, nineteen and seven, looking for their twentieth win tonight against Paxton. Our number six team this week, we've got the Clinton Maroons. Uh, Clinton is, uh, I believe, leading the area as far as number of wins go, if I'm not mistaken. They're at 24, looking to go to 25 tonight against Meridian. And our number five team this week uh, is the Tuscola Warriors, same conference as Clinton. Tuscola sitting at 20-6. and six. They're going to take on Arthur Christian tonight in an impromptu game. 
And our number four team this week, it's the Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond Knights, not to be mistaken with the Arthur Christian Conquering Riders. ALAH, on the other hand, is 24-4, and four, so they're actually tied with Clinton for most wins in the area right now. And our number three team this week is the Salt Fork Storm. Under Brian Sullivan, having a great season, the Vermilion County Tournament champions are 21-5 and five and face Bismarck tonight. Our number two team this week, it's the Tri-County Titans, a presumptive Class 1A state qualifying favorite, 23-3. and three. They're going to host Blue Ridge tonight. And then our number one team, it's the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs, and the Bulldogs are 24. There's another 24-win team. It's all these teams that I forgot had exactly 24 wins, but the Bulldogs are going to face Taylorville tonight. And if you're a fan of the Bulldogs, be sure to pick up tomorrow's print editions. Robin Scholes, our photo editor, is in Muhammad tonight. Have uh, action photos. It's senior night. Mm-hmm. All those cool photos. That's going to be on A1 tomorrow. How about oh, that, I Colin? love it. And uh, speaking of Muhammad, when we come back from our next break here on the U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Radio Show, we are going to hear from Muhammad Seymour girls coach Garrett Risley. You're listening to the U of I Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential Show on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. 6.30, that's Colin Likas over there and Dave Leak over there. Over here is Jim Rosso. I thought you were going to say that was Colin Likas talking. That was Gene Honda. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to my Sunday news because that last Sunday you uh, did about four pages on girls basketball. This Sunday, boys basketball. Boys basketball. Gonna right. be, uh, I'll just go ahead and spoil it. Going to be catching yeah. up with uh, Monticello, Coach uh, Kevin Roy's okay. team on Thursday uh, ahead of our publication of our weekend extra. Obviously the Sages are having a pretty stellar season mm. over there. And I uh, want to talk about just the, the culture of that program because if, if you didn't notice in Sunday's paper, Monticello Junior High's seventh-grade boys basketball team qualified for mm-hmm. their state championship game. Let's, so uh, there's a lot of good roots there. Let's go, Sages. Yeah. Thursday night, big game. We'll have the, that coverage. I love the junior high coverage. Mm-hmm. We were swapping old IESA tales That's earlier right. today. That's right. Well, let's go ahead and go to another M school right now, the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs. The girls' program under Garrett Risley is having a season to remember. Started 11-0, and currently 24-4, and leading into a home game tonight against Taylorville. Caught up with Coach Risley earlier today to discuss how the season has gone and the prospects for the playoffs. Glad to be joined now on the U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential Radio Show by Garrett Risley, coach of the Muhammad Seymour girls' basketball team currently sitting at 24-4 and on the season, leading into a game tonight against Taylorville. Garrett, thanks for being part of the show this evening. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Colin. And uh, it's, it's continued to go well after a strong start. You guys started 11-0, and middle of the season, a little bit of a lull, mostly caused by one team, Mattoon. But uh, ever since the last loss to them on January 11th, it's been nine wins in a row. And uh, the playoffs right around the corner. you got to be feeling good about the direction these kids are going. Yeah, I'm excited about how the girls have been able to attack each game. And then you um, alluded to us starting 11-0. and And then um, our first loss actually came to Taylorville, who we get to play tonight. And then Thursday, we uh, we get to play Lincoln. So we have two big games this week leading into the postseason. And just looking at that, uh, that Apollo Conference, you just mentioned two teams within the Apollo Conference in Taylorville and Lincoln. And obviously, Matt Toon is part of that as well. Just how much has that Apollo Conference play geared this team up for what you hope is a long postseason run? Yeah, we've been fortunate that within the conference, we've been what we feel like is battle-tested. A lot of times, to get that same type of competition, you have to look out of conference to get that, but that's very much not the case this year. So um, just feel fortunate for that, really. 
And just looking at the way this is this has progressed, I mean, like I said, the 11-0 start. But at this point, I mean, you're knocking on the door of a of a program all-time wins record, and it could, this this team could easily have 30 wins by the time more than 30 wins by the time the season's over. Is this something you were really expecting from this group coming in? Going in, uh, it's funny you said that. Going into like any season, you always feel like you've got some pieces and you know there's a winning formula, and that's been very true for these girls. Um, and our losses, um, just they've kind of caused us to reflect a little bit and. Um, with this group, we knew that it could be special, but there's so many things. There's so many highs and so many lows, and how you handle those lows really is going to dictate the season. And what I've been most proud of is just how when we've had our adversities, which every team will, this senior class has really just stepped up and kind of said, hey, like, we've got too many good things going here. Let's not mess. Let's not let little mistakes along the way get in the way. And looking forward to the postseason, I know you got to close out the regular season first, of course, Taylorville, Lincoln, like you said. But uh, number one seed in the Class 3A playoffs, it's not easy to get a number one seed. There's there's plenty of teams you have to fight for to get that honor. Is that something you've really talked about with the girls, taking a lot of pride in that one seed, or are you kind of just, you know, rolling with the flow here and trying not to put too much emphasis on that? Yeah, we haven't really talked about it. Um, we mentioned, like, who we'd be playing, where we'd be at, but we know the best thing that we can do to get ready for the regionals is just attack these two games. So very fortunate that, the teams that we're playing this week are like as good as it gets on our schedule. So um, we haven't talked about that. Won't really talk about it. We'll just continue to attack the postseason like we have the regular season, which is one game at a time. And talking about that senior class that you mentioned, uh, you got at the at the forefront of that. I feel like Kayla Kerner's had a really solid season, and we've talked about her quite a lot. Ivy Juarez, who was a transfer from Normal Community. I feel like one girl maybe has gotten overlooked a little bit as a result of just the amount of talent you have on your team is Nicole Taylor, and I know she's been a contributor ever since she was a freshman for the Bulldogs. What can you say about what she brings to the table as well? Nicole Taylor's um, the heart of the team. um, As as she goes, we go a little bit. She's the one diving on the floor, taking the charges. She's the energy bug. So um, with her coming on strong, really – Midway throughout the whole rest of the year, it's it's been it's catapulted us a little bit. She's she's fun to have, and uh, we're super lucky to have her. That's for sure. Talking with Muhammad Seymour, girls basketball coach Garrett Risley, and uh, since I mentioned Kayla and Ivy, might as well talk about them a little bit as well. Just the, the outstanding scoring season Kayla has had, even though her primary sport really you could argue is soccer. She's going to play it in in college after all, and and Ivy just being a, a new contributor who both scores and rebounds the ball well. Uh, where would this team be without those two curls just in the rotation? <laughs> well, we'll look a lot different next year without, you know, Ivy, Kayla, Nicole. With, you know, without all the seniors, we're going to look a lot different. But um, like you alluded to with Kayla and her points, um, as well as the steals that she gets, and then Ivy points rebounds, we'd have to we'd have to find new ways. Um, we definitely believe in the next step mentality. But like you said, it's hard to replace those two girls in a big way. And looking at a girl like Ivy, who's she's going to be going to play college basketball at Parkland. She's five nine. Nicole Taylor, who I mentioned, five foot nine. Also, this team just has. I bring this up because this team just has a good amount of height. Chloe Pruitt, five nine. Abby Bunting, five eight. Savannah Orgeron, obviously five eleven, leading the way. And you just don't see. There's a lot of girls teams in this area that have. The one thing they struggle with is is they just don't have the height. It's something you can't teach. Uh, how important has just having that height element along with the, the athleticism of these girls helped you guys accomplish what you have so far? Uh, I think it allows us to defend the way that we want to. We can get a little bit extra ball pressure with our guards because we know that our bigs 
can clean some things up a little bit in the paint and then um, just allows us to be long within our press and then offensively hopefully makes us a little bit more than one dimensional where yeah like the guards can do their thing but also we know if we need to the ball can go inside so um, hopefully it makes us less of a one-trick pony than maybe a team that doesn't have that height aspect has. And looking at that massive junior class that you guys have right alongside the senior class, Savannah obviously stands out. We did a whole story about her leading into the girls' basketball season. Two other juniors I want to mention, Durbin Thomas and, and Abby Bunting, I feel like they, they do a lot of the grit and grind things. Uh, you know, Durbin, good for assists and rebounds as well, even though she, she's fairly short compared to a lot of your other girls. And Abby's scrapping in there as well. Just the, the intangibles those two girls bring, I feel like uh, it's probably something you, you could build an identity around with this team. Yeah, 100%. Um, they're very much, you know, like whatever whatever the team needs, they're going to do. And just not having to worry about bringing the ball up the team pressures us, we look like that. We look at that as that's going to play into our advantage, uh, just with our strong guard play with those two and Kayla as well. So just having them to be consistent, to be very comfortable with their role, they, um, you know, our mantra for the year has been we over me, and they fully embrace that. So we're fortunate to have them just continue to fill the role that they do. And obviously next year their role will expand, but they're 100% committed to playing whatever role we ask of them. Looking ahead once again to the postseason, you guys are part of the Class 3A Normal West Regional. There's only four teams in it. I believe it's the only regional in our area that has four teams. Uh, but you still have to win two games to get through. You start off with Rantoul on February 14th in a semifinal game. How do you feel about that regional draw for your girls? Uh, we know that um, Rantoul, Muhammad, there's some history there just being in the Corn Belt together. So we know that they're going to get up for us in a big way, especially in the postseason. So we're excited for, for that matchup just as far as, you know, kind of the history behind it. And um, and then, like you said, obviously the second game, if we were able to get to it, would be the Normal West and Bloomington, which they just played each other to a really good game over the weekend. So, um, yeah, there's like you said, there's only four teams, but we know we're going to have our work cut out for us and it won't be easy, but um, you wouldn't want it to be easy, especially in the postseason. I like that mentality. And, and just thinking about things not being easy, you know, Muhammad Seymour Athletics, obviously a rich tradition of just success, no matter what sport you look at. But it's interesting to me that the, the girls' basketball program has not won a regional title since 2005, obviously. That's a, that's a good long gap of almost two decades here. Uh, how important would it be to this group of girls to be able to turn this program uh, in the right direction as far as, you know, winning some postseason hardware here? Uh, I think it would mean a lot to them. It really would. We, uh, we've talked a lot about expectations and not, we didn't really do a whole lot of goal setting at the beginning of the year. We just kind of set standards and whatnot that we adhere to, and we said if we were able to follow those standards, then good things are going to happen. So for me, more so it would just be showing them, like, this is the uh, the fruit of your labor. Um, these are the things that you can get if you go about it the right way. That would be the biggest lesson for them. Um, as far as the hardware and, and stuff like that on the banners, that's all nice. But just kind of leaving them with that sentiment of, like, you guys earned this, congratulations would be the biggest thing for us. Garrett Risley, Muhammad Seymour girls basketball coach. You can catch his athletes tonight against Taylorville. Thank you so much, Garrett, for being part of the show, and good luck to the girls here as we go into the postseason. All right. I really appreciate Looking forward to a visit by Kayla Kerner to the News Gazette on Wednesday. She was last week's uh, ROTC Athlete of the Week. I had no input in that because I was out of the state, and I think uh, you guys made a great decision. Ooh. 
good. We were under pressure without Colin in the building. <laughs> right. We had to deliver. Matt Daniels came up big. Connor Brown, uh, Bement, Sarah Gordo, Star will also be here Wednesday and get those cool plaques from the UIROTC. Yeah, we didn't want to make Connor traverse all the way out mm-hmm. here in the snow uh, last week, so I uh, just said let's just do two at the same time. But uh, yeah, and uh, we're going to unveil our latest athlete of the week at the end of the show here tonight. Uh, the only spoiler I'll give is it's a it's a boy. I'll so get another one, Champaign County. Okay, good job. You ruined it. No, I'm kidding. From Champaign-Urbana. <laughs> well done. Better cut me off. Uh, let's go ahead and take our uh, last break of the show. U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential. When we come back, we're going to check in with Bismarck Henning-Rossville Alvin boys basketball coach Gary Tidwell. Also look into our latest boys basketball top ten and, as I said before, our latest athlete of the week. This week's Fighting Illini Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Like we said, a big week for Centennial Chargers basketball. Colin Likas will be at the gym, Coleman Caradine Gym, twice this week for Central on Tuesday night. Urbana on Friday night where the Centennial unveiled its latest Hall of Fame. That's right. Uh, it's always a big, uh, big deal. Obviously, a lot of great athletes have come through Centennial High School and uh, great to honor the latest batch of Hall of Famers. And then uh, don't miss me on Saturday. Also going to be a Muhammad for a wrestling mm. sectional. Uh, the last stop before the individual state tournament comes back to State Farm Center after a one-year hiatus. Big feature on the uh, Bulldogs coming later in the week. I saw a photo of the kids. That's absolutely correct. Let's go ahead and keep our focus on the boys' basketball scene, talking with Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin coach Gary Tidwell next. His team is running pretty hot after winning the Vermilion County Tournament last month. The Blue Devils sit at 20-7 and seven leading into a game tonight. Let's hear from Coach Tidwell. Glad to be joined now on the U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential Show by Gary Tidwell, head coach of the Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin Blue Devils boys' team. Currently sitting at 20 and 7, leading into a game tonight against Milford in Vermilion Valley Conference play. Gary, thanks for being part of the show this evening. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to be here. The team is uh, clicking at the right time, it seems. You know, I talk with coaches all the time who discuss, you know, wanting to not peak too early, wanting to make sure they peak at the right mm-hmm. time. And I don't want to suggest your boys are, are getting anywhere near peaking or anything like that. I, you would know better than I do, but winners of your last eight games in a row and the playoffs just around the corner it seems like things are going pretty well right now we've we've had some good momentum and we're playing uh, really good basketball right now and uh, pretty much started with the with the county tournament um so that's that's a good sign um i think um, our guys are executing really well um and we're playing uh, really good basketball at this uh, point in the year i think we've got a, a tough week coming up this week starting with milford tonight and uh, georgetown has been playing pretty well as well and um, uh, steinball kids been you know lighting it up on everybody so hopefully we can contain him on tuesday and then a, a physical salt fort team on friday so yeah this is a good test for us this week for sure and uh, folks who were around the area a couple of years ago remember your team being the one that went undefeated for an exceptionally long time, made a run all the way to a class to a super sectional. And then, you know, days after that super sectional game, the COVID-19 pandemic hit in the United States. And then now we are talking about getting back to postseason basketball. Uh, how important mm-hmm. is this to you and the guys just to, to have this back after all that has transpired over the last couple of years. Well, it's it's definitely exciting, and um, you know I know uh, the guys appreciate having that opportunity to play after 
you know, that uh, opportunity was taken away last year. So, you know, it's something our kids aren't taking for granted, and we're excited about it and uh, have been motivated throughout the past year of uh, working hard to want to have uh, postseason success. And it's exciting to see the tournament move back to the Assembly Hall in Champaign. So that's not too uh, far away from us. So even if we if we don't make the, the state tournament, it's always nice to be close, to be able to, to observe uh, other teams uh, compete on that day. So, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time of the year for sure. It doesn't get any better than March Madness. And talking about tournaments, we'll discuss the postseason a little bit more, but just regular season tournaments as well. I mean, you guys are, are pretty well tested in that regard. You started off the season at the, the Schlarman Topper Classic and went 4-1. and one. Then you jump into your own BSN Classic and go 5-0 and oh and win the championship. And then, of course, the Vermilion County Tournament, 3-0, and oh, another championship – or 4-0, and oh, excuse me, another championship – I mean, all of these tournaments you guys have played where it's just boom, 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 tough competition after tough competition and a kind of a winner-go-home atmosphere, not exactly the same, but you get what I'm getting Mm -hmm. at. It's got to serve these kids well come postseason time. Yeah, I think that's going to definitely help with our confidence. I think strength of schedule obviously has something to do with that. You know, we loaded up our schedule in the first half of the season for that very reason. We knew we didn't have a whole lot of opportunities the second half of the season to play a lot of the quality teams in our subsectional. Uh, so we got hit early uh, by some of those teams. And um, so I think we've taken care of business on our end um, with some of the tournaments that we've played in, um, you know, but um, that's a loaded, that's a loaded subsectional. So I think it's, it's going to be tough all the way around. So I think we're about as prepared as we can be. And uh, you know, this time of the year, you want to have that confidence. You want to have, uh, you know, some wins under your belt, um, and I think we, we've done that. Our concern is uh, Mason Hartman. You know, he came back, uh, you know, during the, the county tournament, made a big difference. Uh, but he's been out uh, since that point because he had, you know, some more pain in that same same leg. So the doctor has held him out. Hopefully we'll get him back um, here next week. But uh, that's still undecided. Talking with Bismarck ending Rossville, Alvin, boys basketball coach Gary Tidwell, and uh, highlighting some of your players. Obviously, Mason, like you said, on the sideline right now, puts even more of an emphasis on those other guys who uh, have already become pretty accustomed to, to playing without him in the fold. Uh, and how have they responded in your mind uh, since his second uh, departure, his second absence, I guess? Uh, I mean, I know you guys have won every game since, but uh, mm-hmm. did, did not playing with him in the first half of the season kind of help these guys just prepare for potential life without him again? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously when you are talking basketball, you're you're talking flow and continuity and having the, the right group in there when it comes to team chemistry. And uh, so – you know, the tough part is when you have a kid that's been out for such a long time, uh, get back into the lineup, it kind of throws your timing off a little bit. And we saw some of that at the county tournament. But, you know, uh, Mason's strengths definitely, you know, overcome some of those areas of concern. But, you know, guys like Dawson Dodd, um, who's had to step up the last couple of years uh, to fill in uh, Mason's spot due to those injuries, has just had an exceptional season for us, really. He's kind of been that role player, you know, that guy that we're, you know, confident and and being able to to rebound and, you know, mix it up inside and, you know, take care of the ball and give us some some points when we need it. So he's kind of been a utility guy for us. And uh, so, you know, he's a senior. He's been in the program uh, for four years. So 
so yeah, even though Mason's been out, you know, he's uh, he's done a, a great job stepping up, and you know, Isaiah Tidwell's came in as well, you know, and provided some solid minutes um, also. So so yeah, I think um, I think we're doing okay. And just looking at the roster, like you said, Brett Mydell, obviously good uh, good family bloodline there. You you told me uh, earlier in the season about one of your other seniors who doesn't have as much familiarity with the program, Ned Hill, and his his uh, a little bit different path into Bismarck. As uh, I believe you told me, he came from from Utah originally. How has he yeah. helped round out how this team has looked? No, he, he's really been a godsend for us. I, I heard, you know, that, uh, you know, this athletic kid had moved in, you know, but usually when you hear those stories, it's kind of kind of exaggerated. <laughs> but when he, you know, first started coming to some open gyms there before the season started, I saw that, you know, he was, you know, an excellent athlete, a little bit raw in his, in his skill, but kind of fit the profile that we needed um, on the interior. And especially with um, – you know, with Mason's injury, he's been he's been a big help. But he he's been in the starting lineup all year long, and uh, you know I know I mentioned Mason earlier, but yeah, you're you're exactly right. Ned has been a been a major plus for us this year, and you know he's been used to playing on the perimeter at his other schools, so he's uh, had to uh, learn how to play inside, and that's been a tough transition for him. But he's bought into that role, and he's gotten a lot better. And uh, so yeah, we wouldn't be where we're at uh, right now with 20 wins. Uh, without without that hill, that's for sure. And uh, looking ahead, like you said, a loaded class to a subsectional that you guys are in with just looking down the list, Prairie Central and Oakwood and Iroquois West, Monticello, Paxton, St. Joe, Unity. Uh, I, I mean, part of you is, is probably thinking, okay, this is the hand we were dealt, so be it. But is there another part of you as a, as a competitor that is just thinking, man, what a cool opportunity this is to potentially – you know, go head to head with some really challenging mm-hmm. teams, have great games, and potentially advance in in really exciting fashion. I guess. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's the way I really look at it. To be honest with you, I mean, you're going to have to go through the the solid chains eventually. So why not in the first or second round, right? And to, and take care of it there. So, yeah, I think you can look at it two ways. You can look at it, you know, from the perspective of having a little bit of fear uh, because you you respect the other program and the talent that they have. Or you can look at it uh, with confidence and knowing that you've prepared and you've worked hard and, you know, you're going to give a hundred percent of your effort and uh, go, go right at them. And uh, so that, that's kind of been our mentality. Um, you know, I think if, if people are going to beat us, they're going to have to earn it, you know, and, and I'm sure those other programs are thinking the same thing. So that's what makes it so fun. Our area is great for basketball and um, you know, and so, Whatever happens, I'm 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 rooting for the teams in my conference and the teams in our subsectional. I think there's a lot of great coaches, a lot of great players, and I think they do things the right way. So, so I'm excited about it, and I can't I can't wait to, to get going. Gary Tidwell, coach of the Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin Blue Devils boys basketball team, which you can catch tonight at home against Milford and tomorrow night at home against Georgetown Ridge Farm. Gary, thanks again for being part of the show, and good luck to the guys as we head into the postseason. Appreciate it, Colin. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again to Gary Tidwell for joining us on the show tonight. His team just may be part of our latest boys basketball top 10, which we're going to jump into right now without a delay because we have to get out a little bit early tonight here on the U of ROTC show. Checking in at number 10 this week, it's the Sarah Gorda Bement Broncos. They are 19-5, and they're going to be visiting Uni High tonight for a non-conference game. 
Our number nine team is the Centennial Chargers. Centennial coming off a loss against Peoria Manual. Still looking good, though. They're going to host Champaign Central on Tuesday night for the uh, dedication of Coleman Caradine Gym. Our number eight team this week just heard from their coach, the Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin Blue Devils. 20-7 and seven on the season, looking for win number 21 against a good Milford team tonight that's knocking on the door of the top ten. Our number six or seven, excuse me, team this week is the Iroquois West Raiders. Iroquois West suffered a very close loss to Oakwood over the weekend, also lost to Johnsburg recently. They are going to be playing Milford next as well. Our number six team this week is those Oakwood Commons who defeated Iroquois West 21 and six going into a game against Salt Fork on Tuesday. Our number five team this week is the Prairie Central Hawks. Prairie Central came up short against Maroa Forsyth after beating Paxton. They are going to be visiting Bloomington Central Catholic on Tuesday. And our number four team this week in the Illini Prairie Conference again is the Unity Rockets. Unity is 17-7 and after a win over the New Berlin team. They are going to be facing St. Joseph Ogden next is Unity. Mm-hmm. Our number three team this week is the aforementioned St. Joseph Ogden Spartans. St. Joe at 18-6 and on the season going to be visiting Bloomington Central Catholic tonight. Our number two team this week is the Tuscola Warriors. Tuscola currently sitting at 20-4 and on the season hosting St. Teresa tomorrow night. And our number one team this week, it's the Monticello Sages. Monticello at 23-3, and leading into a challenging matchup tomorrow against Pontiac. The Sage Cage got a vote for best student section group when I put it out yesterday. But I said the Maroon Platoon from St. <laughs> Joe is one of the leaders. The Sage Cage is a good good right. name for a student yeah, section. Yeah, but I was also unaware good, of that. But also a good student section as well. All right, you got a player of the week. I do have a player of the week. Drum roll, the latest player of the week is Judah Christian boys basketball player Evan Payan who helped his team to a pair of victories last week. Judah Christian defeated Uni High 88-63 and Normal Cavalry 53-46. to Congratulations to Evan Payan and the Judah Christian Boys Basketball Program. All right, Evan, we'll stop by the News Gazette here next Wednesday, get his plaque, and uh, he'll be featured prominently in the News Gazette on a Friday. This Friday, of course, we'll do the MS Girls and Sarah Gorda Bement Boys. Absolutely. All right, Colin, it's a pleasure having you back in studio. Thank you for making it safely. We will talk to you next week. We'll talk to everybody after the first round of the girls' uh, playoffs get going Saturday. Off to Brad Underwood.